This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. The National Museum of Mexican Art has a new leader. Jose Ochoa succeeds museum founder Carlos Totolero, who served as president of the organization for more than 40 years before stepping down at the end of last year. Previously, Ochoa led Shy Arts, a college prep high school focusing on visual and performing arts in Humboldt Park. And as he transitions into his new role, leading the Pilsen Museum, we sat down with him to learn his vision for the institution. And I started by asking how he reacted when he was first told that he got the position. Oh, my gosh. I've said this a few times already, but it's it's a dream come true that I never dared to dream. You know, um, it's I have so many emotions every time I talk about it, even though it's been a few weeks already. I, I, I want to burst into tears because it's uh, an honor, a pleasure. Um, but it's also a responsibility, you know, about telling our story mm. of our people, our community uh, and telling it well, which the museum does an incredible job of doing. So it's uh, yeah, I have a lot of emotions about it. It's very special. Yeah, it's a big deal. Huge. Special time. Yeah. Who are your favorite artists? I'm curious. Oh, my Let's gosh. Let's start there. Um, well, you know, growing up in, in South Texas, uh, I grew up in a, a small town, and we weren't really surrounded by a lot of art. Um, but I dove into books about, obviously, Diego Rivera and um, and Frida, but Orozco and Siqueiros were my favorite, mm. you know, growing up. And, you know, I'm just really loving um, learning about uh, contemporary Tejano artists and, or, or, or Mexican-American Chicano artists. Mm-hmm. Um, just, there's just so many uh, at the museum. Uh, yeah, like, I was going to say, any yeah. exhibits or pieces over the last several years that you've really admired at yeah. the museum? Uh, I was telling the staff that, there's always there's so many things that pop in. Obviously, the Day of the Dead. Oh yeah. Um, and being being from Texas, um, right outside of Corpus, you know, Selena is a huge part of was a huge part of my life um, growing up. And um, you know, when she was alive, and it was just it was she was coming up when I was, and it was just as a teenager, and it was just uh, so the 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 altar to Selena, yeah. if, you know, was always. Very special. Um, but I remember, I think it was early on when I first arrived in Chicago, there was this incredible exhibit about uh, the missing women at the border. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, the museum does not shy away from telling all the stories, right? It's bright and colorful and vibrant, 
but it also tells about the pain and mm -hmm. tells about our struggles and tells about tells even on ourselves right um so that was an incredibly moving exhibit um yeah. gosh um and the ones coming up, oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you'll have to tease those for us later. But, uh, you know, I want to zoom out a bit because the National Museum of Mexican Art, it's the, the first Latino museum to be accredited by the American Alliance of Museums. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious, Jose, how you plan to continue to elevate its national presence outside of Pilsen. Right, right. Well, that is um, that is the next phase of the museum. That's that's. That's the plan moving forward, right? We're obviously a community um, resource, and we're in, uh, the museum's integrated into the community in the most beautiful way. And so many people in the, in the city and beyond know. But we really also want to become, and we're going to continue to do that. Let me say that first mm -hmm. and foremost. We're going to continue to do that always. But we also want to, um, you know, broaden our reach and ensure that, the, the national part of the mu of the museum of our title is really out there. So we're going to be working on, um, you know, partnerships in regions and cities, and we'll be creating plans for that. Um, also, I'm very curious about our story and about um, just sharing um, all that we have with the community. We also have so many resources, um, education resources for educators, mm -hmm. for students. Um, our archive is every... Every uh, few months, uh, we add more pieces to our archives so people can see all that we have. We have so many resources, no matter where you live in the United States or in the world. Um, so we'll be working on, on that piece while also uh, making sure that the community presence is stronger than mm -hmm. ever. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got previous experience leading arts organizations, including Shy Arts High School, yeah. uh, as well as being superintendent of cultural arts for Nashville, Tennessee. So talk about those gigs and how you're, you're going to use experience from those with this new role. Um, that's a great question. It's fresh in my mind because there's been so much, uh, uh, you know, just thinking about all of those experiences. In Nashville, I was hired to rejuvenate kind of, uh, it was an incredible, really interesting program through with the Parks District. Um, and I was hired to kind of rejuvenate and you know, uh, either support things or rebuild or start from scratch, um, uh, kind of like a spring cleaning kind of thing. Mm. Uh, with Shy Arts, I was the very first employee, and I, it was almost kind of like a, a venture capital idea. And, and, and what I mean by that is that someone had an idea, the arts community had the idea, and then they hired the person to build the app. Well, they hired me to, to build the school, right? Mm. And I was the first employee. And within three years, we had 175 employees and 600 students, right? Wow. I know. I mean, that's, that's kind of cool to be able to say that. I was the first employee. Uh, yeah, it, it was <laughs> uh, It was uh, an experience of a lifetime and something that's so special, especially to see the alums, um, you know, doing, living their best life. The, the, the oldest alums are about 28, 29 years old now. And to see what they're doing in their lives is the best gift we could ever receive. But here, to me, the, the, those two experiences are pretty different from this because the museum is in such a great place. And it's really looking at, well, what can we do better? What is, what do we need to protect mm -hmm. and make sure that we continue? And then where are areas that we um, are going to move forward? So this is a very different experience from the other two. But also with the experience in Nashville, I had a, 
Um, I supervised a couple of museums and visitor centers, including the Parthenon in Nashville. I don't know if if, uh, your listeners are familiar with but The Parthenon. The Parthenon in Nashville. So Nashville in the 1850s and 1800s was known as the Athens of the South because it had so many universities. And I think that after the, the, the... the World's Fair here in 1892, some folks in Tennessee must have come and were inspired, and five years later they created a centennial exposition. And they built these buildings out of plaster, and one of the buildings was the Parthenon. And so mm-hmm. after the fair, it was a kind of a mini World's Fair in Tennessee. I see. And uh, they kept that one, and that became a museum. And uh, they uh, rebuilt it out of concrete in the 20s, and then it's this incredible and that was under your watch at one point, uh, right? So the director of the the director of the museum uh, uh, um, reported to me, and what I learned about museums there. I really, I, what's the what's the term? You cut your teeth. Yes. Yeah, I cut my teeth on museums. Uh, in with that experience, and it really was helpful for this, obviously. Um, and so it was uh, incredible. What's really interesting is that uh, historians and archaeologists and experts in Greece are coming, come to the one in Nashville to study it because it's off by like one or a couple of inches. And they think that it's really close to what they think. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's hilarious, (laughs) right? Wow. (laughs) Who would have thought? But it's um, an amazing institution, and I learned so much about collections and things that have really helped me have conversations with the staff here. So Mm. it's really, it was really special. Yeah, Carlos uh, Tortolero, who's your predecessor. Uh, he's staying on until the end of March in a consulting mm-hmm. role. So, I mean, as, as he passes this baton to you, right, what, what are you paying the closest attention to as far as the way he ran things? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, it is a an honor and a privilege, and um, I just get goosebumps, like, thinking about what he did. You know, I, I had a similar sort of experience at Shires to create something from scratch, and then to see it um, and to to leave it. And so I think all of that really is helping me with this experience. Mm -hmm. And so first of all, just listening to everything he has to say and what he's shared. And he's been so generous with his time and knowledge. One of the things that he shared with me, and I don't want to get serious, that he said said a couple of things. One is that he said, I know that your, your wife and your child want you to be successful and want you to knock it out of the park but i want it even more than they do i want you to be so successful and and then he said the second thing he said was that in five years i don't want people to even remember my name because you've done such a great job Mm. which of course we're never going to forget his name and then when you retire i want you to find someone that after five years they don't know your name and absolutely. Yeah. Except we're going to remember his name, right? Of course. Always of course. and forever. So, you know. That's um, got to feel good hearing that. Oh, my gosh. It is. You know, it's his, it was his baby. I mean, this, and the staff. My goodness. These experts. One of the things that is um, so interesting as, as a person of color, right, that, you know, in an institution of color, we we still see constantly how institutions are are viewed and 
and kind of left to the side. And, and, and even to this day, you know, people may not take it as seriously as they should. But as you mentioned earlier, an accredited museum, that is an incredible, it's huge, it's difficult because once you're accredited, that means if you need to borrow a piece from another accredited museum, there's almost no reason for them to say no, mm. from what I understand, right? It's like, you've done all the work, you're legit, you know how to handle uh, a piece. That's great. And so the staff is just incredible and they've been here for 20, 30 years, almost as long as Carlos, many of them, and their love for this um, institution is is just palpable. And you can lean on them, right, as you get oh, absolutely. Uh, adjusted. Uh-huh. Uh, this museum, uh, we talked about the fact that it's in Pilsen, right? Notably, it's not downtown, where right. so many of Chicago's museums are located, Jose. I mean, how does location fold into the mission here? Well, it's, it's interesting because... There are people who who will even criticize the museum because of that, and it's just it it just boggles my mind that that's even a a, a question, right? Like, why would you even why would you even question that, right? And um, it the way the museum has um, in a way it's it's like the chicken or the egg uh, sort of thing. I think that the museum had so much to do with the vibrancy of the community, mm-hmm. and then vice versa. And I was asked actually last week with, by a, a Spanish-speaking news um, um, uh, media about gentrification and what are we doing. And you know, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Uh, uh, but the thing is that we're going to continue to be what we have. One of the things that is most beautiful about the museum is this. Again, I talk about the staff, but there's so many staff who came in as to volunteer as mm-hmm. 15-year-olds, right? Or it was their first job in working in, in the And they're galleries. still there. And they're still there. And to see them moving up or to see people who have gone on to other places and and everyone just feels like this is home. Yeah. I had a beautiful conversation with um, the facility operations last, or the f- facility manager, Alex, last week. And he said, I dream about this building at night. Like when I go to bed, and you could just feel it in their in their bones, wow. you know, it's just, it, it's beautiful. Well, yeah. leave us with this. You teased earlier that we, we got some special things in store mm-hmm. coming up, uh, yeah. exhibit wise at the museum. Anything that you can oh, gosh. share? I think I can. I, if not, I'm going to get in trouble, but uh, no. WBEZ uh, exclusive <laughs> coming up. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. Speak, spill, spill. Well, there are, there are several things. One thing that we're really excited about and I haven't talked about it yet, so I don't want to get in trouble uh, with our education department is bar none, right? It's so great. And what uh, Vanessa and her team and uh, Hanan at Yolokali do is just phenomenal. And we're uh, working on an expansion of the program. And mm-hmm. hopefully within a year or so, we'll have a new building in Little Village. And ah. it's very exciting. And not to replace, but to add. Yes. Because we want to make sure that we offer as many opportunities for as many young people as possible. And that's for ages 13 to 24. Nice. But as far as exhibits, we have um, um, Mujeres Huasteca coming. Um, there are three. And I'm only going to be able to mention two at this point. Uh, but that I can remember because it's been a whirlwind. But the other is also a beautiful exhibit coming up about uh, mariachi and the first mari- like mariachi of Chicago that was like homegrown, right? Nice by people here, and it's going to be um, um, there. We have 
three exhibits uh, opening in March and April, and we have it's going to be an incredible night in April when all three. Oh, open that's at exciting! The same time. That's yeah. exciting. It's such a pleasure. And Jose Ochoa is uh, the new president of the National Museum of Mexican Art. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. And, and we can't wait to keep coming back to talk yeah. about all the wonderful things. You'll be back. <laughs> This episode was produced by Brenda Ruiz. If you like this conversation, please consider subscribing and give us a rating. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk soon. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.